3: Welcome to it. Great to be back with you on a Monday. at Hale City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We made it back. We made it back alive from Norman. We'll, we'll dive into uh, some more thoughts on Nebraska, Oklahoma. Your help, wanted. can dial us up at 466-3776, 466-3776-800, 825-825. 5865. Numbers to join can find us on Twitter. Give us a follow. Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore radio or at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. There's a, a number of you that were down in Oklahoma, down in Norman. And uh, what a trip. What a time. And what a almost. Right. What an almost for Nebraska football and a signature win for Coach Frost and this team. So we'll dive into that on the docket today. Uh, We'll uh, catch up with a couple of Huskers, time permitting. uh, Travis Vokalek, tight end for Nebraska, made his season debut. It was good to see Nebraska in two tight end personnel. Uh, that was a big time difference. Uh, of course, uh, Quentin Newsom got in at corner, had a really good game. Seven tackles, one pass breakup. And it is a Monday, Monday with Charlie. Uh, Coach Charlie McBride, Mr. Blackshirt, in hour two. And we're about 20 minutes away from Greg Smith from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Get his take on the Torres injury when it comes to recruiting. Greg's thoughts overall. With Nebraska, so uh, can find us also on our socials, i.e., the ESPN Lincoln uh, Facebook page. We are streaming live, so you want to interact that way? Give us some thoughts, some takes, the uh, the real red reaction. It was just a, a crazy scene uh, with all of the RVs, all of the folks, and we gave you as long and as much as we could uh, before the old data said. <laughs> No more soup for you. You know, Norman was was fun. And and just before we get into football, it was incredible driving down in uh, Uncle Andy's RV. We made it down. We made it back in Uncle Andy's RV. Uh, never gone in an RV that far before. It was great to spend time with my brother-in-law. It was awesome to see my brother, Andy's folks, Uncle Mitch. It was it was great. But I also witnessed a A bar skirmish, Nebraska fan won. So, at least there was one victory there. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah. It really wasn't, like, cool, normal Sooner fan. It was a couple of frat dudes that that got rolled by a a champion wrestler. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, The other thing I got to experience, as I'm driving home yesterday, as I'm riding home yesterday in the RV, you know, when you park the RV, there's the, the magic button that moves one of the walls out that turns into a living room. Well, as we're uh, somewhere in Kansas, I was on the, the left side that turned into the living room. And the couch I was sitting on ended up drifting out over into the oncoming lane. So it, it didn't stay high and tight. It turned into, oh... Oops, Schmitz in the other uh, the other lane. And then the cherry on top was reenacting Lloyd and Harry from Dumb and Dumber as we raced Elijah from the Oklahoma Press box to a scooter through Norman's campus back to the RV to do the post-game show and this was a scene I wish was documented. Because, we, there, we
1: to video this.
3: <laughs> because there was no there was no frozen snot and me saying just go but poor elijah all six six of him he's navigating i'm the short dude with the backpack <laughs> holding on around elijah's waist for dear life as he's zooming through to get us in a race for time a, to see the rest of the game. B, to get set up to get things going right as the the, the, the game concluded.
1: Yeah, and, and you're behind me, you got your earbuds in listening to, uh, to, the, to the radio call because there's still like five minutes left to the right. game. We, we got to get back for the We got uh, to get back for the post
3: game show, and we say, oh, okay, it's 23 to 9 let's book and, and you're you're doing play by play on this scooter as we're rolling across campus <laughs> <laughs> and, and like this is weird i mean i'm i'm reaching up and i and i've got this death grip on Elijah's shoulders and you're 6'6" six, six. Six, six, four. You're, okay. You're giving me well, a couple of I'm not. There. So the point is, is it looked really awkward and weird. <laughs> it looked like we're uh, we're friends. Yeah,
1: I, I I compared <laughs> it to uh, that scene in Titanic with uh, with Jack, and they're up on the front of the, the Haven't boat. Haven't
3: seen Titanic. Oh, they're up on like, the front of the boat, and it's, I'm flying, Jack. Well, like, uh, she's holding, or he's <laughs> I, holding her. Like, I'm holding on for yeah. <laughs> dear life, Elijah. And you're just like, there's no power steering in these damn scooters, and you're trying to, to weave through, and... We make sure that there's no oncoming traffic with the, uh, the said stop sign. It was a long trek, man, from the stadium to, to uh, Lloyd Noble Center. Yeah, over over a mile. I think it was, it was encroaching on two. Yeah, and, and I have no problem walking, but there's no way in the hell we would have made it. So, some thoughts here as we dive in. So, first and foremost, time to, to own up and say I was way off with... The score. I said 50 to 17. Uh, I was right that Oklahoma won, but I was way off with what I thought Nebraska would do and how they would lose. If they lost, how would Nebraska look? And what I pictured happening is what we've seen. We've seen mistakes turn into points, turn into blowout. That's kind of been the recipe for Nebraska in, in some of the big moments. And it's, it's not turned into a blowout all the time, but it has turned into, okay, Nebraska, again, lost by a, a possession, a touchdown or, or, or less. That's what happened here. And it was special teams and it was offensive line play that did in Nebraska. So we, we've heard about close. We'll hear from Joel Klatt in a moment about close. We'll hear from Garrett Nelson about close. We'll hear from Scott Frost about close. But do you feel better today? You've had forty-eight hours to digest about this close, just just right there. What does close turn into? Do you believe that? Okay, Nebraska is finally ready to do something with this confidence, with these skill position guys, with this quarterback. And God love them, the defense, the black shirts. With this defense, are they ready to turn close into something Saturday and start stacking? They've, they're they're a, they're a way better football team now than Illinois. Nebraska has gotten better. They've beaten some teams, so be it. That uh, Buffalo, great effort against Coastal, but Buffalo's a good team. Buffalo's a bull team. Fordham's Fordham. Illinois. I don't know if they'll get three wins, okay? And now you, you, you roll into Norman, and, and Coach Frost said it best, team believed they were going to win. This isn't just smoke. They were confident, and they're still confident. They're probably even more, even more confident after the effort they gave Oklahoma. And you're not going to play a perfect game. There's going to be penalties. There's going to be missed tackles. There's going to be mistakes. There's going to be a situation where you can't run the football on a really good front seven. And that goes for for most teams not named Alabama. But the things that I took away that make me think this is different this time, and maybe, again, it's Lucy, Charlie Brown, football's going to get yanked this coming Saturday. I just feel different because they they didn't back down, they didn't fold, they were confident. They looked like they belonged on the field. They didn't look overmatched, pushed around, slow. They just they had their they they had parts of their game together, but not enough of it. We'll get into the offensive line in a little bit. But I'm I'm truly buying into Nebraska now. After what I saw Saturday in person, after what I saw Saturday with your quarterback play, after what I saw from your defense, and I think Nebraska can regroup, rally, and still have a good season. That's what the kids believe. That's what the coaches believe. But you as a fan, four six six three seven seven six, are you in agreement now after that trip to Norman on Saturday? I think a couple of things can be true. I think Oklahoma's probably a little overhyped. I think their skill guys are good. I think their offensive line's a bunch of beasts. I think their offensive line's really good. And I also think their defense is really high level. What Alex Grinch did with his layered rush to have a second reinforcement ready for once, once Adrian dodged the first guy trying to get him, Alex Grinch was like, look, he doesn't run for 100 yards, they lose. And that's that's what they they keyed on. They spied him. We talked about it last week. you got to spy Adrian if you're Oklahoma. You've got the athletes to do it. You just had a first or second rounder be a team enough guy to do it in Bonita. So, you know, does Close turn into something more for Nebraska? And, and I think it does because Nebraska is now a different team on offense. They're still very flawed with their offensive line play. But you saw them be able to... Have some commitment and stay with the run game against a number three, number four team in the country. They're a different offense and they're a different looking offense because you have both your tight ends going. You had the Pro Hoska wrinkle. And of course you had Betts and Omar making plays out there. Touray's been incredible. He'll still be really good for you. But now you have Omar out there, and we'll hear from Omar here uh, next hour along with uh, what, what Betts did deep. I mean, you've got guys on your team, on the offensive side of the ball, that could go play for Oklahoma. <laughs> they could go play for pick some teams that are going to be knocking on the playoff door or part of the conversation. Nebraska has, has that on top of the strength and conditioning, on top of the depth. All right. And the defensive line, I know they, 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 they got gashed a little bit in the run game by two different backs. Oklahoma's like sick good. That gray running back, for use, the kid that transferred from Tennessee is incredible. I think he's flat out wow. Uh, so Nebraska didn't have their best day versus the run. But you had guys like uh, Quentin Newsom come up and not be scared. He made plays off the edge. You had your inside backers that, that, all right, if they'd miss a tackle, and Nebraska did miss a lot of tackles because you just can't simulate that speed. Oklahoma's that skilled. But they were able to to have two or three or four red pants and, and, and gray face masks around Oklahoma, so it was just a four or five yard gain after contact. It wasn't it wasn't a house call, Elijah, and, and that was a difference. So I give a lot of credit to to Nebraska. I think Oklahoma's probably a little oversold. That should take nothing away from the the environment Nebraska walked into, and I think this confidence will travel to East Lansing it's gonna be a hard ball game but I mean I think Nebraska uh, has every right to feel better about themselves and and they're they're getting better offensive line here is what we got to talk about with this offensive line six penalties five sacks 38 for 95 2.5 yards a carry is this offensive line going to get better? Are they going to stay the same or are they going to get worse? Because they've got to figure out their guard spots. they got to figure out a way to get their tackles, either some help or just keep coaching the kids up And in fairness to Turner Corcoran who had a tough day against a really good end, uh, he'll be fine. He'll be better. but he's he's going through something right now that he's never experienced. The poor kid's in in year, you know, in start four of his career. And I'm guilty of anointing him as uh, the next All-American after one Rutgers game. So right now, confidence-wise, he's probably fighting it a little bit. Ben Hart has been better, but still a work in progress. And that's not a knock. I'm just saying that they've been, the tackles have been exposed uh, a lot. Uh, with pressures and hurries and hits and sacks, uh, your interior guard play—the one guy on the offensive line that's been good—and he still got hosed a little bit on Saturday's Cam Jurgens. So Cam's playing at a get-it-done level. Uh, Nebraska needs the other four to do it for the sake of the running game, for the sake of Adrian's sanity. Fifty-three and one-zero-six. 53 hurries, pressures, sacks, hits, whatever on 106 dropbacks by Adrian this year. That's 50 freaking percent. And the play action works. I mean, Nebraska did well with play action, but they're going to need to line up and smash mouth it now that Big 10 plays here, Elijah. So it's it's tough when you got your skill guys that are back and healthy. When your offense can look different, if you want to put three or four tight ends on the field, you can. You find a guy in Ramir Johnson that got dusted off, and he ran hard. I want to see more of him. But ultimately, it's going to hinge on your offensive line. Hey. And and they've got to... They've got to kick it into gear.
1: Yeah, and, and the guys on that you've listed, uh, Corcoran, Benhart, uh, Sichterman, even Piper and Hickson, they've all shown flashes of being able to get it done. Mm-hmm. It's a question of consistency. The only guy on the offensive line who has shown consistency game in, game out, bringing it and winning his battles with consistency is Cam Jurgens. You've you got to find which guys in the offensive line are going to step up and consistently win their battles in the trenches. That's what it's going to come down to. They all have the ability, I think.
3: I think they have the ability, too, but as, as a unit, I mean – Defenses, all they have to do is pre-snap movement and then stunt, and Adrian's going Houdini and making a play, or he's hurried and flushed and hit. It's rough. We'll talk with Greg Smith. Open phones for you as well at 466-3776. What's close turn into with this team?
2: And we're back. Fellas, oh. <laughs> we Listen
3: to the radio listen. on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
0: Yes, that's awesome.
3: Some football and recruiting now. We'll get to some of your calls and emails coming up here in uh, the next 15 minutes. Uh, Travis Volkaluk like in the 540 segment on the way. Uh, we'll hear from Scott Frost. We welcome in Greg Smith, recruiting insider with HaleVarsity.com and magazine at Greg Smith HV. And I don't know that he's wearing the road or the home Andy Dalton jersey, but uh, I'm going to just say you probably got your sweetest jersey on today, don't you? Going with a little Walter?
4: Yeah, this this would be a good day to go with a little Walter. Uh, if even I mean, you got to celebrate what you can, right?
3: <laughs> well, no kidding. How, and and you you walked right into a, a good point about celebration. What's do you feel like? There's part of the Nebraska fan base that is celebrating a, a loss. And I'm not, I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying, you know what? It, that was one hell of a surprise Saturday, at least to me.
4: Yeah, it definitely was a surprise. It was a surprise to me as well. Um, I think that most everyone kind of going into that game was kind of you're watching a little hopeful, you know, if you're rooting for Nebraska and you're just kind of waiting for that other shoe to drop and hoping that it doesn't, right? Um, And when it didn't, and Nebraska showed themselves really well um, and played a good, like, okay, I can't, I don't even know if I can say they played a good football game. They played a tougher football game than they had in the past. They still had a lot of the same uh, warts that they had had that caused to lose the game, but because the game was closer than you definitely anticipated, um, you do come away from that feeling good, but you're right. When you say the phrase, you know, people are celebrating a a loss, it does seem weird, especially considering we're in year four, but I understand how people got there um, and wrote something similar on hillvarsity.com about I do think that there were positives to take away, but at the same time, those positives only mean something if they get that other stuff cleaned up.
3: and it's it's a conflicted feeling, and it's okay to feel good about your squad, and the woulda, coulda, shoulda, and the kids wearing the red and white are sick and tired of of oh you're close. Well, they want to get over the hump. Saturday is an awesome opportunity, Greg. But you know, as of Monday, right now. I'm asking you to say, hey, yeah, they beat Sparty. That's a tough call now. But do you think this, this, oh, they're so close, actually turns into something? Does it feel real?
4: It, it does feel real because I think in part, they, they one of the things I was really encouraged by um, in that Oklahoma game is they looked like a Big Ten team. That looked like if, if Nebraska or if Iowa went out to Norman to play Oklahoma, I feel like that's what the game would have largely looked like, right? The way that Nebraska tried to play that game um, and the way that they tried to, they at least attempted to maul them up front. They did not necessarily, right? Um, but they at least tried to. They looked like um, a physically imposing team. I think that that is something that can continue to translate as Nebraska has finally, it feels like, leaned into being that Big Ten style of team under Scott Frost. Um, that, to me, is encouraging because I, I've always thought, I've, I've come on the show and said this a lot over the last couple of years, I think Nebraska has the athletes and the talent to play with a lot of teams. But it just when it comes to the execution, that's where Nebraska has had a huge gap over the years.
1: Greg, there's still been some some doom and gloom this weekend about the running game and the numbers against Oklahoma. Um, but as I watched the game, my, my initial reaction to it was, while it wasn't as good as Nebraska fans would like it to be, it wasn't necessarily bad. I felt it opened up uh, a lot of play action, uh, and two or three yards is better than zero on first down. Uh, so, so where do you stand in that running game? Are, are you doom and gloom, or, or do you think it wasn't as bad as the numbers would suggest to you?
4: Uh, I am... Doom and gloom on the. I got to get specific. i doom and gloom on the running back run game. Um, I, I think that Nebraska's um, kind of continued struggles on being able to move people up front is something that, in theory, will only get tougher and only get worse because Nebraska's going to continue to face better and better rush defenses throughout the season in the Big Ten. And by the way, teams that are used to scheming for them and scheming for their run games is also an element out there. Um, but Oklahoma, the one thing Oklahoma did a really nice job of. And they they are one of the few teams that can do this. Is the spy on Adrian Martinez with Nick Benito, uh, because he's one of the best defensive players in the country. Not everybody has that guy, right? Um, so it's going to be a little tougher for some other teams to be able to corral Adrian Martinez in that way.
3: The thing that I guess I walk away with with the, the run game is the patience with it. It wasn't abandoned. Coach Frost yep. stuck with it and kept trying to ride it, and it, it turned into some nice plays. With the, the play action, you saw Omar, you saw Betts, you saw a 2 tight end formation that did work. Volklik's, uh 38-yarder was money. And Nebraska's just a different offense, right? With, with hey, guess what? They're, they're skill guys at full strength. What can be done, Greg, on the offensive line to touch on Elijah's question with the run game? Do they have guys, or is it just a matter of... Young guys taking their lumps and then being better in three games or end of the season. I mean, is there hope for the run game?
4: I... I think the hope that you would have for the run game is that they, Nebraska can kind of get out of their own way. I think that if you can – I think to me the number one thing is clean up the penalties so that they're not going the other way, right? I think that that's kind of priority one um, because you could you saw them, especially – I mean, you saw it play out in that first drive of the game against Oklahoma where they were moving the football, but those four penalties that happened really prevented them from scoring a touchdown. Like if you can keep that sort of stuff away, um, that's step one. Um, but it, it's going to be tough sweating because I don't know how many guys you can rotate um, in and out of there. You've got a guy like Brock Bando who's kind of had looked like he was going to be poised um, to take a spot, and then he kind of you know, falls ill, and we don't know what's happening there. Um, and so it's going to be tough sledding to see how Nebraska goes ahead and fixes that uh, moving forward.
1: Greg, uh, I also want to talk a little bit defensively here um, before we get to some other stuff. Uh, when you look at the defense, they had a, a really good day against Oklahoma. They, they seem to think uh, that they wish they could have done more. But when you hold Lincoln Riley to the fewest points he's ever scored at Oklahoma, uh, I mean, you got to expect you're going to win the game, right?
4: Yes, absolutely. If you had told anyone that Nebraska would go to Norman and hold them to the fewest points ever under Lincoln Riley, twenty-three points, um, then you know they would have taken that all day long. I think that I think Oklahoma, in the last eight times that they've been held under twenty-four points, and this is going back to Bob Stoops, have lost all of those games. Like I think that the defense did enough. The fact that the defense, really, and multiple defenders said this today, felt like they could have done more. They said it after the game. Um, that's great that they feel that way, and they should, because you always want to get like be at 100% A-plus level, but man, they, they did their part. They did enough uh, to be able to win that football game, um, but I understand that they feel like they could have done more, and if they've got a score, they've got to score, but that's a tough position to put your defense in, given that
3: performance. Greg Smith's with us, recruiting insider, also uh... All over Nebraska football with halevarsity and magazine at Greg Smith HV on Twitter is where you follow him. Let's talk Richard Torres ACL. Uh, he just put out a statement on Twitter not long ago. Tough for the the young man, really talented arm. I know there was some some Baylor interest in him. What's the latest here with his recruitment, other offers, and interest and. In, you know, where's Nebraska sit here with, uh, with a really talented arm that has gone down to injury? I know Nebraska always sticks by kids uh, when they do suffer injuries. At least that's been the history. But uh, just as you, as you kind of ballpark this, Greg, where, where does that leave Torres here with his, uh, his recruitment?
4: Yeah, he's in a really tough spot now because if it's September um, and you have that type of knee injury, um, he was going to be an early enrollee, so we were really just a few months away uh, from him arriving on Nebraska's campus and getting his, his career started early. Um, as a quarterback, you know that getting those, at least getting those mental reps and being able to get in the playbook and get to the college system uh, would have been huge. And now to potentially be doing that while rehabbing instead uh, will be really difficult. Like that, That's going to be... Um, an uphill climb for him, and is going to test him mentally. Um, I'm I with you 100. percent I do think that Nebraska sticks with him. They just, everything in their history says that they will do that. Um, it would be, it, I don't know if it helps or hurts his ability to continue to be recruited. He was having a solid start to his season. Um, you're right, Baylor, among other teams, were trying to, you know, kind of come after him uh, and test his Nebraska commitment. Um, but I, I tend to think that once he sees that Nebraska sticking with him that that'll probably be all locked up and he'll still make his way to Nebraska in the
1: end Greg I, I don't want to look too far ahead here but Adrian had a great performance on Saturday uh could potentially be his last year at Nebraska uh, we don't really know what the eligibility freeze how much longer he wants to be he, he already has graduated uh so does Nebraska feel that they have their next quarterback on the roster or, or they're recruiting Richard Torres or, or do you think that we could be looking at a transfer portal situation this offseason for a new quarterback
4: Okay, so it's interesting you say that because I was before I came on with you, Jacob Padilla and I, Bill Varsey, were talking about that. I think it makes it maybe a little bit more likely with the Torres injury with Adrian's play and that him potentially, you know, maybe testing the NFL waters after this season, um, at least what it looks like right now, that it makes it more likely that Nebraska would want to bring in a transfer quarterback. I think that if, you, if you're not going to have Torres ready for spring ball, um, potentially even fall camp, summer weights, all of that stuff, and you go into the season next year with two quarterbacks um, that are scholarship quarterbacks, Smothers and Harburg, I think that you need to add a third. The, the tricky thing is, is when we're talking about quarterbacks, that can cause a lot of hurt feelings. It can get really tricky uh, in a hurry when you're bringing in a new quarterback, especially when neither of those guys have started a game, so neither of them are established. So it just, it, a guy would be coming in to absolutely compete with them. Um, so that's, that's going to be a really tricky situation for Frost and Redisco in Lubick to to go ahead and
3: navigate. I'll say this: I mean, Harburg's getting the uh, the, the transition down, and it has the the size and, and arm talent to continue to grow. And I know we've just seen a snippet of Smothers, uh, but Manny looked like a gamer. Granted, just uh, it was it was mop up time, but he was all ready for the moment. So, who's to say? We just don't know if if you've got right. uh, a winning quarterback in that room, right? I mean, you go recruit, and then you try and over-recruit, and uh, we'll we'll see where it's at. You know, and and with Adrian, you you would think this would be the swan song, but if, again, there's still a lot of points and wins left out on the field, and he doesn't get the news he likes with the NFL review, you know, uh, he could still come back and, and have him for... 500th year you know (laughs) right so there's there's a lot in the air there greg real quick about 30 seconds bud what's on the radar recruiting wise either visit or offer or interest here bud
4: Yeah, I think that getting Nebraska, first of all, I think it's so tied to what happens on the field. I think that if Nebraska, after a good show in Oklahoma, can can win the game at Michigan State, um, normally I would not say that one game really ties to recruiting that much, but I think it does in this case because Nebraska needs juice on the trail. They need to be able to get people in for visits. I think that that Northwestern game visitor list could swell if Nebraska can go out to Sparty and knock off the newly 20-ranked Michigan State Spartans. I, I think that that will really be when things pick up.
3: Greg, we'll get caught up again soon. Thanks for the insight and thanks for the the takes today, bud. Hey,
4: thanks always. Have a
3: good week, guys. All right, there he is, Greg Smith. We didn't even get to talk grilling with him. How good were those flat top brats? Oh, incredible. More RV stories. It just got done unbuckling.
2: And now. And now back to
3: Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time at Tale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, live streaming ESPN, Lincoln's Facebook. Can interact that way. Uh, Open phones till 5 o'clock, and then Coach McBride will join us on Monday with Charlie. Interested on his take with the Oklahoma outcome, Nebraska falling uh, by just a touchdown to Oklahoma 23-216. 466-37-76, 466-3776. 800-825-5865. That theme of closeness. Be it uh, me and Elijah trying to navigate on a scooter together. Uh, Harry and Lloyd style from Dumb and Dumber. Or Nebraska just oh, oh, so close. And Joel Klatt from, uh, well, his viewpoint in the broadcast booth with where Nebraska's at. He sat down with us during Big Ten media days. He talked about quarterback play. He talked about Nebraska. He talked about what? He talked about one-score games. He talked about uh, cleaning up mistakes. Nebraska's still making too many. I mean, it was was comical with uh, back-to-back false start penalties, first and 20, and you still get a field goal out of it, and then things unravel special teams-wise. It's just too bad for Nebraska, be it the blocked extra point. Somewhere uh, in Boulder, Greg Beekert is taking a fireball shot because <laughs> somebody finally uh, got a, a, a two point return to, to be mentioned with him. Oklahoma and Colorado, the last two teams to do it to Nebraska. You know, Nebraska is, is there. In some areas, but there's still too much that claws at this team. But the difference is, there's no, there was no deer in headlights. There was no overwhelmed by the moment. They felt pressure. You could argue a little bit with the Illinois buildup. They they played free and clear. And Adrian hasn't looked as good as he's he looked last Saturday with how well he played. Let's uh, jump into the deep end of the pool here. We say hi to John. John, thanks for calling. Go ahead.
5: Yeah, I want to preface this. I don't want Scott Frost fired. I think we need to keep him for five years to be sure, you know, that we we meet our commitment. But also I'm not happy. And I never thought that I would hear Nebraska uh, people have uh, three categories, win, loss, or moral victories. I just find that not acceptable. I'm not saying you're doing that, but I'm hearing that uh, from a lot of people. And the other thing What do you categorize it as? I would categorize it as uh, 20 years of mediocrity bad management by the regents, by the president, by the chancellor. Same by the story, athletes. John,
3: same story. Yeah, that's that's all history. Yeah. We're here, we're now, so let's talk last Saturday.
5: were okay, you encouraged or not? What I, well, I saw last Saturday was more than I thought I was going to see, okay? Mm-hmm. But what I don't see is what I'm hearing from people that I, that know what they know is we have eight more games We have two wins, and that Coach Frost won't be around unless he has a winning season. And what I don't like is Nebraska wanted to play a a season last year. Then when it came to chance to go to a bowl game, they turned tail and ran. And now I hear people saying, well, we really want to go to a bowl game. I'm tired of getting mixed messages from everybody. And I feel sorry for the young men that are playing there because – we lost this June our best running back, our best lineman, and a great backup quarterback. We have three quarterbacks that are playing in the country that were here in Nebraska that left. There must be a reason. You're, you're, hold on, hold on, quality hold on, players hold, on, are hold, on,
3: hold on, hold on. You're telling me McCaffrey's a great backup quarterback?
5: What I'm saying is we have nothing better than that right now. What about the three other quarterbacks that left? Uh, previously, that are playing starting in teams their first year they're, out of here. So they're,
3: they're not starting. is Vedral. This is Vedral. Ved, Vedral's it. Everyone else yeah. is watching.
5: All I'm saying, all I'm saying is, we seem to have a problem keeping quality athletes.
3: And they 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 also have been able to. It's one game. It's a snapshot. John, thanks for the phone call. Yeah, and, Appreciate and, it. And I'll
1: I'll say really fast. There has been quality athletes leaving the program, but I still think based on the eye
3: test, the team this year is better even without those athletes being on the team. Now, Wandale'd be awesome. <laughs> I mean, Kentucky's using him, but the point is, is you've got a Betts, you've got an Omar, you've got a Martin, you've got other options now that you really didn't have a year ago, was it. So John's your- John's still pissed about the last twenty years. Totally get it. Do you want to get to Clat before we... Uh, I, 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 would love, I would love to would to to get to Klatt and, and this is his point. and And Joel his not And a moral victory not a moral victory guy. You win against number a number four now, a team that's been told they're they're legit, and a almost got not a win. was pulled perfect. Should You pulled a off. You Saturday. a chance next Saturday. Here's Joe Clat.
6: I just want to address. The Nebraska fan base, I understand that you're growing impatient. I understand that it has been tough to watch this rebuild. But I would just encourage you um, by stating that that team is really good that I saw on the, t- uh, on the field today. Uh, defensively, they're tough. Offensively, they played r- very efficient at the skill position. Uh, obviously, the offensive lines need to clean some things up. This came, this came down genuinely to special teams. Nebraska, you lost the game because of two missed field goals and a blocked extra point. That's it. It's a seven-point game. You did enough to beat Oklahoma on the road. They're the number three team in the country, save for the kicking game. So it, it is closer than you think. I understand that it's tough. I do. I get it. For 30 years, you guys finished the AP poll ranked. 23 of those 33 years, you were ranked in the top 10 to finish the season. And, and listen, I know you want to compete for national championships and, and you want the era of the Osborns and the Devaneys back. I understand. But just understand that this was a, a very deep hole that Scott Frost and his staff were trying to build out of. This team is way better than they were even last year when Gus and I called their game against Ohio State. They're tougher. They're cleaner. All of those different things. It's, it's at that moment where they're going to have a tipping point into winning some of these games. Their last eight football games, uh, the losses that they've had are by a total, total of 28 points so they're 28 points away from having an eight game win streak i'm telling you it's this close it's a razor's edge they clean up just a couple of things they are right there so nebraska fans be patient because i believe still that scott frost and this group of experienced players is going to have a big win coming down the stretch of this season they're going to beat one of the following teams michigan ohio state iowa or wisconsin I fully believe that in my heart, that they will get one of those big wins moving forward. Joel Klatt,
3: he's been consistent. We can go back to July, and he talked tipping point then. We'll see if Saturday in Norman was a monster infusion of It is. It's a big infusion of confidence. Just talking to the guys today, and we'll hear from Travis Vokalik in an hour, that – they're sick and tired of being sick and tired. you got to show it. They, they seem like you have the talent and the motivation to get the, the corner turned.
1: They, they just need to actually get a winner two, to turn the it. corner. Yeah,
3: But we've been talking about turning the corner for a while. And and I don't know that it's going to be a car wreck when you're trying to turn the corner. I think they'll get it turned, actually. Again. Could happen on Saturday. We'll wind down Hour 1 at Tail Varsity Radio.
2: Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, Chris, at HaleVarsity.com.
3: Just try me, try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel, four six six three seven seven six four six six thirty seven. 76, thanks to John for chiming in. Uh, We'll have more thoughts from Coach Frost, from Adrian, part of the presser today. And uh, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, is going to join us here as he always does on Mondays at 5. Mr. Blackshirt, some insight from him on what he saw against Oklahoma And Nebraska get his take on Sparty as well. Reminder to buckle up. 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can reduce the risk of fatal injury by up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash. Buckling up. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So the theme this first hour has been closeness, right? And is that close turn into results does it turn into something uh, more from garrett nelson nebraska defensive end slash linebacker on his frustration with uh, just being right there
2: chins or uh for us or whoever's talking to us who, he always does this and says we're super close and i'm sick and tired of everybody doing this i just want to be i want guys be like oh we did it you know or stop doing this because that just pisses me off now because we're so close um it's time to uh, give it a hump. Everybody knows that. Um, Oklahoma was an opportunity uh, that we just did not uh, capitalize on, which sucks. But uh, some obviously some positives that we can bring out of
3: that. And listen, you had the old, the old inch showing with, with Garrett Nelson. He had his thumb and his, his uh, trigger finger. Just, you know, it's like, eh, yeah, when you're getting measured, when you're 12 years old uh, at the at the wall, oh, I grew an inch. I was a very Nebraska way to put that too. thumb and trigger finger, not index finger. Well, <laughs> sorry, man. That's the Nebraska that's way to I'm say at. it. <laughs> that's where I'm at. No, I mean, we just to, to we had a wonderful trip to Norman. I want to go back to the experience because you were in the stands. Give me a number on Nebraska fans. Oh, let's see. 10, 12? 1,000? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't even know the capacity of that
1: place, so I, I'd be tough to say. But I'd say one out of every 10 fans in there was a Husker fan. Okay.
3: No, good folks, good folks uh, that like to drink beer, good folks that like to grill, say what's up, good ball game. Uh, it was... And the RV, man, was was an experience. And it was really cool to have... A bunch of brats on that flat-top grill that Uncle Andy had. Yeah, the
1: Blackstone. Oh, that oh, thing was
3: one It was so good. It was so good, and the I, beer was cold. I'd go as far as to say those brats were the best brats I've had in my
1: life. Honestly. Really?
3: Yes. Yes. I'm not sure what
1: it was about the Blackstone, but those things were
3: incredible. I love my grill, but I kind of want a flat-top deal. After
1: having those, yeah.
3: <laughs> right? I mean, they're they, they were they were incredible, and nothing tastes good if you're a fan after a loss but I think a lot of you tried <laughs> to make sure that beer was cold but man uh, an experience to Norman uh, tip to the of the cap to the the Boomer Sooner fans down there they took care of Nebraska fans and that, was, and, that
1: was that was the best road experience I've had to date as a, uh, as a Husker
3: okay and it, it just brought back a ton of memories great experience down and back and uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was interesting being in the passing lane while being in the RV. We will uh, check in. Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, next hour, two on the way. Welcome to It at Tower 2, at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel. We are working on Coach Charlie McBride, a Monday with Charlie. Mr. Blacks going to join us, get his take on Nebraska and Oklahoma. What he see, what he like, what may have caused a remote toss towards the TV. Our friends at Go Big Redcast, good podcast with our friends at Herdad Media, they do an awesome job. They uh, they not only uh, made the roadie to Norman, but they uh, they did the well, highly difficult, and that's get a picture with the Sooner Schooner. A lot of memories of that schooner. One time it tipped. Yeah, that was a great memory. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. As long as the animals were not harmed as long as the animals were not harmed
1: that, that was one of the things that i thought was much more impressive on tv was the sooner scooner it, it, it's smaller in real life whenever they're out there on the field like
3: yeah and i don't know if that thing was if it's just kind of downsized over the years or if it used or, to be bigger
1: or like after the after it tipped like okay maybe we need a little little bit of a smaller sooner Schooner. Yeah. like the the thing that i thought was actually more impressive in person from the oklahoma experience was those uh the Little thunder cannon things that those guys had down in the field. That they you know, were you're
3: talking the roughnecks,
1: yes. The roughnecks had their little boomsticks. I'm, I'm not sure what they're called, but those things were a lot louder in person than they are on TV. Uh, the first time those things went off, I just about peed myself. Like, well, right. <laughs> why,
3: why is it not a good idea uh, to, to mix potential alcohol, tobacco use, and a firearm? <laughs> well. Welcome to uh, the Midwest. Welcome to Oklahoma. Welcome to Oklahoma, specifically, yeah. <laughs> we, can, we can go there. So uh, we'll see what Coach McBride's up to here. We'll get him tried out. But uh, some takeaways from the game. Uh, I thought Coach Frost had, and his offensive staff, had a, a really sound game plan when it comes to, to limiting possessions, first and foremost. Two, uh, the play calling was high level. Nebraska really... Able to, to make things go with some of their play call. And then you saw the, the two to three tight end look with Pro Hoska and uh, having Vokalik back uh, along with uh, Austin Allen big time. But uh, the emergence of, and just even for a few plays, having a guy like Betts and Manning s- step forward that is uh, high, high level. Uh, you saw what type of difference maker manning is uh just even for a few plays and we'll hear from omar here in just a little bit let's go to the phones real quick real quick and chris on the line with Hale varsity radio chris thanks for dialing in how are you
0: great 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 show just wondering when nebraska is ever going to have an offense that tries to score again though we four years in and we we don't score on offense. Even if we kick one more field goal and get that extra point, we still lose.
3: You know, um, Chris, the, and, you, you can't cross into Oklahoma Territory six times and and come away with 16 points. Not, not just cross into Oklahoma Territory. Move past the Oklahoma 35-yard line. No, I know. I mean, you're, you're at the 20, you're at the 30. No, they've, they've got to finish and, drives, brother. I don't disagree with you at all. And,
0: and, and so as much as we, you know, I mean, Adrian's going to have every record – for Nebraska quarterbacks and the most losses in the history of Nebraska quarterbacks. He's already got the most losses in the history of Nebraska quarterbacks. He looks pretty, but he can't score. Never has. Well, I, he's I, like, uh, you know, he's like the pretty boy that can't score on a date. Well, you know the, the thing mean, is, is
1: uh, is Adrian. I mean, the 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 whole offense has been just Adrian. It feels like for the past three years. When you look at the fact that yeah, he's got the most. He's gonna have the most passing yards. He's gonna be up there in terms of rushing yards. But he also has the most fumbles. He also has the most losses. It's just the entire offense has been Adrian. That's been the problem.
0: And, and we don't have uh, we have a horrible running back coach. That guy is bottom of the barrel. Um, he does not make a decision. We got to find a running back, and we are supposed to have all these talented guys. How come we don't ever choose a running back? This is
3: year after year. I'll say this, Chris. Uh, Your question about the the running back rotation uh, right on on the money, because it's been inconsistent, they did pick Ramir Johnson. I thought Ramir Johnson performed well. Ramir didn't have a lot of room to run. So what they saw in practice and they used on Saturday – I'd like to see more of if it fits, but oh, I think they're going to do. And thanks for the phone well, call. But Go ahead. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, what You know, Ramir's a guy that you've kind of been wondering about. He's been here for three years and he had a chance to, sh- to shine. He got challenged. He accepted the challenge and he did uh, pretty well. I mean, okay. Wasn't 20 carries for 200 yards. It wasn't a mirror. Well, <laughs> but it was okay. Here's Ramir Johnson. What are we going to see out of him? And he ran tough. He ran hard. You, you needed that. I don't know where Step was. He had three carries from Morrison, and you know, bless his heart, poor gay. You know, poor Irvin uh, with his knee. I mean, he was getting lathered up, ready to go as well as kind of a, a, a different change of pace. So where Nebraska landed on their let's spin the wheel of running back worked out well. There's just no no open holes for mm. the guy.
1: So, I'm, I'm with Chris here, and I don't think you can put the entire struggles of the running game on the offensive line. There are times, uh, especially when I was sitting in the stands on Saturday, and I was like, these running backs are, are bouncing outside whenever there are holes up in the middle. Um, I, I think... Uh, it's Marquis Step. He's he's who does the best job of saying, you know what, I'm going to hit this hole while it's here and take my four or five yards. And I think Ramir Johnson was doing that pretty well in the game on Saturday as the game wore on. Uh, there were t- a couple times when Gabe Irvin was bouncing stuff outside. I thought he was missing holes up inside that were going to get him six, seven yards. Well, so you, you can't put the entire struggles of this running game on the offensive line. That also
3: comes spoken from, an from a <laughs> true offensive lineman. Elijah Herbal. But there's the there's the continuity factor
1: that really helps an offensive line of knowing what the running back behind you is going to be doing every single time because every running back reads holes differently, bounces things differently. It's a different feel. And whenever you know what that running back is going to do, it helps you know as an offensive lineman what you need to do on a given play. Uh, so I think it's really going to be important to find a guy uh, – here in the the next game or two, that is going to be the guy you're going to ride the rest of the season. You, you, I don't think you can continue to do this running back by committee throughout the whole year and expect to find any success in your running game.
3: Here's what they don't have: they don't have a dude. No. Okay, they, no, they, they just they don't have a dude. They don't have a guy at running back that is special. Right, right now, do they have a guy that can become special? Maybe they've recruited enough guys with stars next to their name, with speed, with agility. By season's end, Irvin could have really been kind of a wow guy, but it's still a far cry from an Amon Green, right, who came in as a freshman and was, was incredible. It is a two-way street. It's not all offensive line, Elijah, but it's, it's been really tough sledding for this Nebraska running game. Uh, and it's been uh, really bad sledding for this running game behind the offensive line that's yielding 3.7 a carry and 2.5 against Oklahoma. And it's going to get nasty. It is going to get nasty Saturday trying to run the football. But what, what the the positive you can take out is it Nebraska still kept with it. I'll say that again and double down on it. You've got a lesson learned, I believe, with the fact that Frost did not abandon the running game and stuck with it, and that helped with some play action. It's a far cry from the Illinois panic. You've at least got some patience now. And 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 that's pretty key. We'll check in with Travis at Husker tight end, here in about 25 minutes. We'll hear more from uh, some of the uh, the press conference audio. Well,
1: well, as one, well. one last thing I want to I want to throw in here before we we finish up this talk of the running game was I liked how the Oklahoma running game looked a lot more, and I know they have the athletes along the offensive line, and they have Gray, who's a They've great running. back. They got two good backs, man, but. Look at the plays they're running. They're still running power and counter just from a, a modern spread system. Uh, they're pulling guards. They're pulling guards and tackles. They're pulling centers, whereas Nebraska is so reliant on this this zone scheme. And what's really important with the zone scheme is a running back that can find the hole, make one cut, and get up field. And I don't know if Nebraska has that running back in their room right now. Whereas whenever you're running a, a power and a, a counter scheme, you know where the hole is going to be. You go hit that hole. You go hit that hole hard. And whether you get two yards or whether you get seven yards – uh, it's not on the running back deciding where they need to go uh, because that's, that it's uh, it's the delay getting up to the line of scrimmage, and you see it during the handoff where the running back is looking at the offensive line trying to figure out where to go, and it's just a, a split second where they're not getting north and south. They're not getting uh, downfield, and, and I just prefer that system of Oklahoma. It's what Nebraska was so good at uh, in the 90s was pulling guards around, pulling guards and tackles and that power and that counter scheme.
3: Well, and and what you're doing is who's, who's the guy that gets out and, and does – high-level work when he's kind of on search and destroy, Cam Juergens. Mm-hmm. He's, he's the, the guy on the offensive line. And you've seen Nebraska a little bit this year, but not a whole lot with what they're asking their tackles to do. On that quarterback power, they'll pull one of the guards inside and let him kind of uh, make that tackles lead the way. You've seen it for years with Adrian, and it used to be Hymas doing it. But now you've got a guy in Corcoran and, and – Ben Hart that are I think seeing some ghosts right now. They're trying to kind of up their confidence cuz it's been a tough go for them. Uh, on the interior, uh, you've got to fix your guard spots. And I know you 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 substituted Hickson and you went back to Piper and then you go back to to what's happening at center with with Cam and Cam's been great. Everyone else needs to either step their game up or continue that open competition. And I, you know, what's the answer? And to your, your point, and we'll talk to Dr. Rob Zadiska here Wednesday, I want to get his take on things. What would best suit these athletes in the body type? If you would go towards of what, what Oklahoma's doing, where you know where the hole's going to be versus the zone system where, okay, uh, you're, you're getting in the way, and yes, you're blocking but it's, it's an area you're running to, and then it's kind of up to the back to make the call. Uh, do you need it more defined is, is, the, way, is the question I'd ask. I mean, do, you the, the, need, do you need it more defined, and is it meshing? Is it a difference in philosophy between your run game coordinator and O-line coach and your, your play caller and offensive coordinator and, and head coach? I mean, that is everyone on the same page. Now, Nebraska does get in pistol. And they have at times run some stretch out of the pistol, and then they've had some play action off of that. And then you even saw it with Vokalek, like I should say, with with Austin Allen, uh, with the, the the seam pass, the pop pass. So there's a lot of things they can do in the run game with this offense. But it just when push comes to shove, they've had trouble holding blocks. They've had trouble moving people. And when it comes to pass protection, we've absolutely beat that dead horse, and it's now Elmer's glue with what is truly happening, and that's pressures, that's hurries, that's hits, that's sacks. And uh, 11 sacks given up uh, through four games isn't a good thing. So what can you ask your offense to do? And it's a, it's really a, a situation and a crossroads with, okay, quarterback's playing great ball. And to the offensive line's credit, they did give him time at times to To sit and then read your progressions, and hit the open guy because you got a bet. You got an Omar, you got an Allen, you got a Vokalek, you got a Toure to choose from, and eventually you have a Martin back. So you can really carve up some defenses if you get time, and you can cover up some defenses off of that play action. But you still need to keep the defense honest, and they've got to be able to respect your run game. and And right now they're not all working in concert, despite not working in concert, you are able, you're able to produce a lot of big plays. Now, to Chris's point, you're still having red zone problems. You're still gold between the 20s, but not always once you get inside the 20.
1: And it's that field is shortening. Um, guys are struggling to get as open down there once the field is shortened. There's a lot more guys jam-packed in there. They're struggling to run the ball especially. That's what is really sticking out to me is uh, how much more they struggle to run the ball inside the 20-yard line as opposed to around midfield. Uh, that really stands out to me in terms of a, a big problem with this run game is the run game becomes really it's, – it's been effective inside the 5-yard line. It's been somewhat effective inside the 10. But inside the 20 just as a whole, it doesn't feel like there – I mean, I feel like there's been more uh, plays made in the backfield whenever Nebraska is running the ball uh, inside the 20s than between the, uh, between the 20s, I should say, as opposed to inside.
3: Play calling I thought overall was, was good Saturday. I thought commitment and patience was good on Saturday. Uh, execution was... was And Oklahoma's got some dudes as well. I mean, their front seven's pretty good. Uh, let's spend a second on the defense, and we'll try and talk to Charlie here in about five minutes. Uh, Nebraska's defense was unable to get home. They missed some tackles. That's not being critical. They They still brought their lunch pail, and I thought did a hell of a job against elite skill talent, against a guy with incredible arm talent in in Rattler. And he didn't – Spencer Rattler's been really good everywhere he's been at, at getting deep, just just hitting the big play. And they were unable to, to, to pierce that Nebraska secondary. They run, they hit, they're physical. JoJo Doman was incredible. Deontay Williams was big time. And Newsom was nice. I mean, the, the confidence that Nebraska walks away with, and I know we had a caller earlier talk about, well, you know, moral victory, you're celebrating a loss. And I don't think Nebraska fans are, like, celebrating a loss. I think Nebraska fans are probably at the point right now where, okay, that is progress if you go down to Norman and you lose by a touchdown. Two years ago, that same Oklahoma team beats
1: Nebraska by that 22-and-a-half point line. In the first half. And you hold them
3: to seven in the first half. There's no moral victories for the team, but you can have moral victory as a fan. Sure. No, I believe that. But I think where you're at as a fan right now is you're still ticked off about Illinois. You got Brat brought back a little bit because of the Oklahoma effort. Now you want to see a win and a close win against Sparty. And now. And now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, tail varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbert. We welcome in Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride. Monday with Charlie, Coach. Let's get to it. Oklahoma Nebraska, another tight one and a tough one to take for the team and the coach. But uh, some positives there. What'd you see on Saturday?
7: Well, the thing I think people have to understand is that that um, I. I uh, the kids on defense are, are starting to really go I mean they're starting to fly around and and what I saw was kids were there were some mistakes mental errors mm-hmm. but with their with their hustle and their speed they made up for it in fact in two cases that I could see on tv they got minus yards
5: mm-hmm.
7: and um, you know it's it's just a matter of it's a matter of repetition it's a matter of you know um, and when you look back it's you'd like to see them get some um, during the week get some game speed Um, you know in practice I don't know if they are maybe they are Mm -hmm. but all I know is they got a good bunch of players that are young and they're going to win and and people just have to be patient I think, and I think that that they'll just—I don't know whether the whole team will get better, but it looks like defensively they're they're getting a little better. I, I you know, a little bit more pressure would have been nice, but you know, I, I look at the other things. I look at the things that you know, improvement and stuff, and you know, I think that they they were to me. I didn't walk away feeling like I lost the game. Okay. And, and I think that those are the things that I, you know, when I, uh, here I am, I'm just sitting here watching it on television, but it's still, I still have that feeling of, you know, winning and losing.
5: Mm-hmm.
7: And, and I think that, you know, I personally, you know, I don't know if I could go as far as saying I was proud of the way they played, but I could come close to it because um they've really tried hard even in even when there were some mistakes made they were trying they were going a million miles an hour, and that is the important thing I mean, that's probably where I tell about it the most is when I was coaching' is kids that make mistakes, but they were you know I always told them if you're going to make one. They go 100 miles an hour when you're doing it you
3: know <laughs> Charlie McBride's with us here on Hale varsity Radio. No I thought the defense played uh, well enough to help the team win Coach what what do you in you' you're a longtime offensive line coach I mean I know uh, your career was on both lines and what uh-huh. what what do you glean with the offensive line between pass protection and, and minimal rushing yards?
7: Well, I think two things. I, I still go back to that theory that, you know, it's nice having great big, huge guys and that kind of stuff. But it's also good to have some guys that can really, really get bend their knees and do things. They're getting beat because they're not getting down and getting to a point where they can readjust. You know, in other words, they start out and then they start getting taller and, mm-hmm. and that, and they get beat inside, especially. I noticed they got beat inside a lot. And, you know, I said before, this is the one thing you don't do. The first thing you tell them is don't ever get beat inside
5: mm-hmm.
7: because that's the shortest distance to the quarterback. <laughs> but, you know, I think the thing is, is you once you put your hand on the ground, your motor better start running. Or, or I'll be coming out on the field after you. <laughs> I mean, that, that's kind of the way I, you know, I mean, that that's the way they have to understand it. I mean, it's, um, you know, it's just something that is there. I think it's all fundamental. I think, it, and the other thing is, is you'll find a lot of the bigger kids takes a little bit longer. Uh, as you know, in a weight room, let's take a kid with, shorter arms than a kid with longer arms, a kid with shorter arms can bend fresh more than a kid with longer arms. But that doesn't mean he's a better player. Sure. But but that's simple. I mean mm-hmm. and so the same thing goes with your legs. Your feet when you're pass blocking, you've got to split your body in half from your legs to your hands. I mean, I don't know if any the kids can understand that I think. Mm-hmm. But when you when you're a run blocker Whenever you make contact, you never stop your feet, ever, ever. And when you're doing a drill, you never stop your feet. And and those are the things that you keep doing in practice. And if you go out and fire out and your feet stop, you're dead. And if you've got a guy that's shorter than you probably, and you're 6'8", six, 6'9", six, they get underneath you, you're not going anywhere. So you have to understand that's why I'm talking about staying low. Sure. And you, know, you have to be boss. I don't. I don't want to. You have to be ugly. <laughs>
5: <laughs> you're, I
7: mean, you're cleaning it watch. up
3: for radio. I know you are. <laughs> I can. Yeah, no, I can but, see it. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie <laughs> McBride's with us here, Coach. Uh, what? 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 Uh, I mean, all of that makes a ton of sense. Did you think the game plan was good, though? I mean, I thought the play calling, and I thought. The 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 patience with the run game paid off when it comes to some of the play action stuff. I thought Scott had a good plan.
7: I'll tell you something stupid. Okay. said, but game plan was fine. Yeah. Was any? I don't think anything wrong with that. I think the one thing is is when you when you go back and you look at things, two missed field goals,
1: mm-hmm.
7: one block kick. You get those, you win by one. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, that's kind of, and that's not really, that's not realistic, but that's the way I I look at it a little bit is, you know, so you, so you clean up your special teams. You got, I mean, it's, and I know how hard that kid, how bad he feels. Mm-hmm. That You don't have to tell me how bad. He's going to be a better kicker because of it a lot of times, you know, and when he gets in the game, you watch and see. And he gets in the game against Ohio State or Michigan, and it depends on him. He's going to win the game. You know, it just—it just—you know, this stuff hurts him, and his concentration becomes better. And and then special teams. I think the one thing is is I've always believed. And, and we did, listen. We went through a little bit of this, and Tom finally said something we always wanted to hear. We got to get our better players in there. <laughs> so. That's what, I, that's what I think. Coach we
1: Charlie McBride's with, have... coach Charlie McBride's ahead. with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, and, Coach, we've been kind of having this discussion today of how should the fans feel about this game. Uh, is, is this something you can be happy about even though it's a loss? And I kind of want to ask your opinion, but phrase it more in the, the team aspect of things. I know they're disappointed that they didn't get the win, but is this something that you can build upon as a team uh, to give you confidence as you move into the conference portion of your schedule?
7: Well, they're 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 getting, you know it's I think that they're doing a lot I think they're doing a lot in their hearts. Okay. I mean it's hard for it's easier for me to see as a coach a little bit. I think the offensive line is trying to be good, trying to do the right things, and trying to do everything they can to win. I think they're that they're all on the same page, and and I I don't and I'm happy about that. I mean I'm not kidding. I. Listen, I we've been through enough bad years. I think I see things that improvement that I didn't see with other teams. I just saw the same old thing over and over. And sure, we had penalties. We had. I understand that stuff. And a lot of it has to do with sound, noise, and the, all kinds of things. And and those things hurt. You know, we get two penalties right off the bat. I nearly went through the television. (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, I mean, I'm going like, no, don't do this again. (laughs) But and and then our and then we miss a field goal, and (laughs) you miss a 51 yard field goal. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't have to say hey. That's terrible. That, I mean, I can turn it on on Sunday and watch guys miss 51. Miss 31, 30-yard 30 field goals for extra points. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that, those things are going to happen. But, um, you know, it, it, it still is a matter of, of, of getting a, you know, getting the kick blocked. And I don't like the idea of changing kickers gotcha. at a point when it's really important. That's not a good idea.
3: Coach, real quick, a thought on Michigan State Saturday. How you feeling? Good. Okay. I know you uh, know Sparty I, pretty pretty well.
7: Well, listen, you got to be careful. These guys got some small guys, and they can run. You know, and they got speed, and uh, they're they're winning. They're three and zero. They're all jacked up. They're probably jacked up better than they really are. So you got to, I mean, you got to go out there and, and you got to lay the wood to them right now. You can't, can't wait and decide. Well, I'm going to do this in the second quarter, or I'm going to. You got to start out from day one and hit them in the mouth and and I mean, get after them good. And uh, that's that's how you usually slow it. They go, oh, you know. But they got Listen, let me tell you what. After last week, and they saw the game. Mm-hmm. You know, what they're going to say is their offensive line isn't very good. We're going to be able to run stunts on them. We're going to be able to do things, penetrate. We're going to be able to do this and stop their running game. So, what we got to do is make them one dimensional, stop the running game, and then tee off on them on the pass rush. And, you know, that's not, that's not, I, I've been through this a lot of times, and that's exactly what I'd say is if I was a, playing the Nebraska, and so those are the things that are—they're pretty simple to figure out.
3: Coach, we will talk to you next Monday. We'll see if the Big Red get it done up in uh, your neck of the woods. That sound okay?
7: Uh, okay. Well, I can't go because I have a little bit of doctor job on Friday. Oh,
3: Friday. do you?
7: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go see what I got going. Okay. Got hey,
3: will you take care, Coach? Uh, okay. We'll uh, be in I touch. Will.
7: Okay, good. Okay, have fun. Okay, we'll we'll win. Yeah, I'll tell you what, we will win. Okay, bye now.
3: See you, Coach. There he is. the 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 Coach McBride guarantee. I haven't heard him that emphatic about Huskers will win. No, he's pretty yeah, but, guarded yeah. with it. Yeah, I haven't heard that yet this year. I don't think. No. But he, uh, I even remember hearing it last year. He he's pretty close up there with Sparty. I mean as far as just folks on staff and people he knows with the program and he uh he sounded pretty optimistic about the defense and what's trying to go on and good quick little hit. I mean that that, that defense
1: is for real. It's not just a good defense for Nebraska. It's not just a good defense for the Big 10. I think that's a, a top 15 unit in the country and It has the potential
3: to be. They're 26th now. And we'll see if it carries over two tight end look we talked to the mulleted man uh travis Vokalek. next on hail varsity radio
2: he's in his 30s but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other now
7: say my name
2: it's schmitty on hail varsity radio i got the body of a caught, pre-teen swedish boy
3: few minutes today, Travis Volklik with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Travis, back in action after uh, rehabbing and recovery. Uh, what were the nerves like, if any, as you went out uh, in Norman Saturday?
8: Yeah, um, you know, there's a little bit of nerves, um, like for any game. Um, but walking out there before the game and, you know, just taking it all in and uh, realizing I'm finally back. Um, and I got through the rehab, I'm back stronger than I was before. Just um, was awesome. So it was a great, great experience and uh, a good game to build off of.
3: How'd you um, cope with the injury, mentally and and physically? Obviously, you put the rehab in, but no one wants to get hurt, and you really busted, it looks like, to get back.
8: Yeah, I mean, it was frustrating when I found out, um, you know, about the injury in camp. Um, I was really upset because I wasn't going to be able to be out there with the teammates um, so, you know, I really focused on the mental aspect of the game. Um, you know, I had a script for every practice I was there for the guys. Um, just being there with Coach Beck, um, just being dial- dialed in uh, mentally um, is, uh, is, you know, what I really focused on.
3: What's it like to, to play for and get coached by Coach Beckton? We enjoy our interactions with him. You get to see him every day. How does he help you grow?
8: yeah you know uh he's the best in the business uh you know i believe you know we call him the og um so he's a great coach um you know he truly cares about his players and you can tell by that um and it's great to uh you know all the guys in the room really love him um you know he busts his behind for us and uh and he just wants to help the team win Let's talk about uh, your reception
3: and, uh, without giving away state secrets, just the design. And it's not the first time Coach Frost has put together ways to get the tight ends open. And man, were open. It was a great throw, wonderful catch. How brutal is that sun to try and locate it?
8: Yeah, you know, it, I the sun really wasn't there oh, to bother me. Okay. Yeah, uh, you know, I was worried about that safety coming uh, from the backside, coming and laying me out. But, uh, you know, Adrian had a great ball. Um, and, you know, like you said, Coach Frost always finds ways to get the tight end the ball. Um, so it was a great catch. You know, I give all the credit to Adrian and uh, O line for protecting him. How fast and physical was Oklahoma? Oh. They were a great team. You know, they are very fast. Uh, had really good D line. Uh, their whole defense in general was uh, really fast. So it was tough. Um, you know, it was good to play. You know, a Big Twelve team. Um, I've never done that before. So it was, it was a good experience. What was the message afterwards? I mean, great effort, but you guys
3: are just kind of to uh, too a player. Just some of the comments. You're tired of being close. So mentally, how do you move forward?
8: Yeah, um you know we talked about you know there's not really a moral victory um, you know we we thought we played decent um, but you know we're gonna try to build some momentum off off the way we played uh, that last game uh, and headed into the stretch of uh, big ten games so what uh,
3: where can you go momentum wise great point about taking that with you but on the offense what can you put in your back pocket for next week
8: um. You know, we've we've got a lot of stuff coming. Um. You know, practice today was great. Um. Good. Good first day of the week. Um. I'll just say we got we got some stuff dialed up uh for this game. So uh, we're excited to get out there.
3: Let's spend a minute on on the run game and you're uh, really important to that. You and Austin and then even Big Teddy uh, came in in that uh, that multiple tight end look and what what did you kind of feel and, and sense in that third quarter really nice. Job uh, with uh, the jumbo package, so to speak, uh, with it, it helped kind of get the run game going. Is that fair to say?
8: Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, we uh, we want to get as many tight ends out there on the field as possible, and I guess you can say Teddy's a tight end. Um, but you, we want to get all the big guys out there. You know, the block, uh, you know, end line around the perimeter uh, for our running backs to run behind us. A Couple more minutes here, Travis Volker, look with
3: us here on Hale Varsity Radio. So, what's it uh, what's it take to, to play tight end in the Big Ten?
8: Uh, you know. I'd say grit, uh, would, would be my, would be my, uh, explanation. You know, um, you gotta work on, uh, you know, blocking and then you gotta also work on catching passes and running routes and stuff. Uh, so, you know, tight ends like to do it all. So it's a, it's a very fun position to play and, uh, fortunate to be, uh, be coached by one of the best in business, Coach Beck. Size and speed combo,
3: matchup issues. I mean, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a game changer for offenses. Who do you like to, to watch or pattern your game after? What are some tight ends at the next level or even in college that you keep your eye on?
8: Yeah, you know, always watch Kelsey, always watch Kittle, and then Darren Waller. Uh, you know, those top three, um, you know, they're great players. Seem like to do everything right. Um, always find ways to get open. And then uh, once they once they catch a ball, seeing what they can do after... Uh, after uh, contact so what have you had to work on more as a
3: tight end is it you're blocking you're a big dude uh, or is it uh you're out running i mean what what critiques along the way here in your career have been uh, the most challenging
8: uh you know i'd say everything um you know coming out of high school i was a, a scrawny kid uh very underweight um, so at that point in my career, I'd say I need to work my blocking, just working on getting stronger. Um, and then I got here, you know, I had the size, of strength um, and had to work on my footwork and then also my routes and stuff and getting out of breaks pretty quick. So um, just combination of everything. What do you uh, know about Michigan State? Uh, I know they've got a great defense. Um, you know, my dad's a coach at Northern Iowa. And he, uh, he said he worked with a couple of coaches over there, so I actually was on the phone with him last night and he was telling me some stuff about their defense. Um, you know, they always have good linebackers, always have good DNs, probably always have a good D-line. Um, so, you know, we're excited for the opportunity and uh, we're ready for this week. Have you had a chance to, to play him yet, either between uh, Piscataway or Lincoln? Yeah, I played them, my, I believe, my last game at Rutgers. Um, it was in, yeah, it was at Michigan State. Um, it was a... Rainy day, caught a ball across the middle. I remember this. Uh, caught a ball across the middle, got flipped on my head, kind of like what happened to Borchertree the other day. Um, but uh, yeah, I played them. You know, they're always a great team, um, hard nosed football team, uh, and uh, always work hard, always play fast. So, so we, we've got to get a, a mullet update, all right? We're,
3: we're, we're day number what on,
8: on the mullet? Man, I started growing this right before um, COVID happened. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so it's been a while. Um, been getting it trimmed up. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to get more guys on the team to uh, to grow them. And specifically in the tight end room, I'm trying to get Oz to grow one, but don't know if it's going to happen. What's the bargaining position to do that? Because he's
3: always kind of been a high and tight guy, hasn't he, with his haircut?
8: Yep, yeah, it, it takes everything. I've tried multiple times, and I just don't think it's going to happen. So, Travis Volk, like with us. Travis,
3: nice to spend a few minutes with you. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. There he is, Husker tight end, made his season debut and a big 38-yard reception. And, man, you're going to see plenty of tight end usage. You had a lot of kids step in, specifically Hickman, and Chancellor, they did nice work with the the starting tight ends done. But again, a different offense, a better offense when you have both those tight ends on the field. Well, and I, I still can't get over that four tight end set down on the goal line. Well, well it wasn't it wasn't a true four tight well, end. It was set. Pro Hoska with a with a number in the forties on. But he's he's played well. And I just you know when we talk about the offensive line, and, and we'll get more into this as the week progresses, and we'll we'll uh, we'll get a hold of Quentin Newsom we spoke with him today as well we'll we'll have that interview this week he was awesome did a great job of coverage and run support get out of georgia really played well uh and he came in him and braxton both i mean you saw some of those young guys not afraid of the moment and really do well, well
1: yeah they went off they went after braxton clark with that deep ball and he should well
3: he should have well, picked he should have picked it but he, he was great coverage. coverage yeah and he's six four and so it's all good, but no, Nebraska has the ability here to put some things together again with, with the five big guys up front settling in. We'll wind down on Monday next
2: miss us come here brother give me a hug we're in for the real thing we're on call for you catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com the ESPN Lincoln app or download them on iTunes saddle up partner back to hail varsity radio
3: one final time it's hail varsity radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery so uh, we uh, enjoyed coach McBride and you heard from Travis Vocal at Greg Smith with us Lady, your reaction as well. So I'm getting texted. Junior just got done with football practice. <laughs> and he uh, he is wanting me to run to... Well, I'll just say it because we love Hooksy. Some chickens mm. for a chicken sandwich. Mm. And I'm like, that sounds really good. But you realize, Monkey, that's his other nickname, Junior or the Monkey, that... I bought kebabs. We didn't grill. It's not horrible outside. Time is ticking away between being able to use the grill again and it's it, it's good marinated kebabs. And I bought him a, a part of a was a smaller fillet, but I bought him a fillet last night. And and he didn't eat most of it. I mean it's it's still it's sitting right there for him. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe there is a Slim Chickens
1: within walking distance of Lincoln Southwest.
3: Yeah, but he got picked up from football practice. Mm. Mm. And just like Vogel told us, steaks are for winners. Uh, Chicken sandwiches are for players. (laughs) Practice is one thing. I got to see game minutes, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, he had homecoming on Friday. How'd that go? It's Good. He had a suit. He had a dark suit, white shirt, a little blue tie going. And What, what shoes did he end up going with? That's that's the main concern oh, for me. Oh, he shook his mother down for new dress shoes, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, we don't know where the suit coat is. We don't know where the suit pants are at. It was that good a homecoming. Kidding. And uh, his shoes are over to Buddy's house. So, someone's dog probably charred this i'm like your name's not uh you know your last name's not jordan you can't just get rid of a suit and wear it once. you cannot grow that thing totally but you better know where it's at and take care of it You put that thing up on craigslist afterwards like. <laughs> well, he probably will Recoup some money yeah he well it wasn't his money he'll probably absolutely try and like recycle and sell it knowing him he's probably listening worn once great oh, yeah. condition like new <laughs> <laughs> Message back. We have kebabs. We have steak. We had that last night. <laughs> what a little jerk. <laughs> See, leftovers are like one of the,
1: the greatest joys in life, in my opinion. I think so. Like whenever you whenever you make a good meal and you go, Oh, this is awesome. I can have this again tomorrow. Like I'm not even out of this. I can just keep eating it and for free. Mm-hmm. Le- leftovers like in a Tupperware one of my favorite things like depends what it is See, i'm not i'm not a big breakfast cereal guy yeah
3: so i would much rather just heat up last night's dinner one more time for breakfast no it's okay i'm not judging at all tomorrow on the show uh, rick pizzo big 10 network we'll check in with jacob padilla mitch sherman will join us from the athletic and it's a tuesday with kaz rick kaczynski going to be joining us I'll let you know how how this argument turns out. Check the show out. Give us a rating, Good, Bad, or Ugly. The podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play for Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for the interaction. Thank you uh, for uh, following us to and from Norman. And uh, we're back tomorrow at 4 with Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery.